0: Safety that Studio presents. From the King of the world! No, it's it. It's it Talking Movies with, with Brian Lataki. And here we go. Here's Brian Lataki. You can do it! Hello, friends, and welcome to Talking Movies. I'm Brian Lataki, and today we're the modern day warriors with the Von Erich family and the Iron Claw. Ever since I was a child, people said my family was cursed. Mom tried to protect us with God. Pop tried to protect us with wrestling. He said if we were the toughest, the strongest, nothing would ever hurt us. I believed him. We all did. What do you want in life, Kevin I want to be with my family. You know, be with my brothers. What do you like to do with your brothers? I love being out there with you guys. It's the only thing that matters to me. The will forever be! The true story of the inseparable Von Erich brothers, who made history in the intensely competitive world of professional wrestling in the early 1980s. Written and directed by Sean Durkin, *The Iron Claw* stars Zac Efron as Kevin Von Erich, Jeremy Allen White as Kerry Von Erich, Harris Dickinson as David Von Erich, Maura Tierney as. Doris Von Erich, Holt McCallany as Fritz Von Erich, and features Chavo Guerrero Jr., Ryan Nemeth, Aaron Dean Eisenberg, and Maxwell Jacob Friedman. If you couldn't tell from previous episodes and reviews that I've done, I absolutely love professional wrestling. Think what you want, but the athleticism, storytelling, and acting can range from absolutely incredible, downright horrendous, and that is all in the fun of it. I grew up during a time where Kerry Von Erich, aka the Texas tornado, was thriving in the world wrestling. Federation, and the myth of the Von Erich curse was already starting to flow around the dirt sheets. Story-wise, this is one of the saddest stories based on a true story that you might come across. Since the movie is loosely based on a true story, let me give you a couple of facts that are based on the actual true story. Fritz and Dottie Von Erich had six sons. Of those sons, only one is alive today, and that's Kevin, portrayed in this movie by an absolutely yoked Zac Efron. One son died when he was nine, one son died of an illness while touring in Japan, and three sons committed suicide. This is almost entirely portrayed on the screen, with the exception of one brother, who was removed after the writer and director, Sean Durkin, decided that the movie was already way too depressing. This movie does feature a story that will tug at your heartstrings, will make you angry at times, and will shed some light on the closed-door antics of professional wrestlers. This movie is not for the faint of heart. That said, it also spans about 20 years in a pretty tight 2 hours and 12 minutes, with no hand-holding for the audience, meaning no dates pop up on the screen. It just repeatedly flashes forward to the next tragedy. Acting-wise, this is an absolute dynamite cast doing their absolute best. Zac Efron does an incredible job, as does the Bears' Jeremy Allen White. In fact, the only acting that I wasn't super impressed with was that of Aaron Dean Eisenberg, but only because he was the one pro wrestler that everyone should recognize at first sight, and he just didn't do the best version of the nature boy Ric Flair. I wouldn't be shocked if there were some nominations handed towards this ensemble cast. Overall, The Iron Claw is an absolutely wonderful film. Just know that it is in no way a happy story. It's sad, it's depressing, and it's shocking all at the same time. The acting is incredible and the action, aka wrestling, is incredibly done. There's a ton of nods to pro wrestlers that help make the actors look good, including featuring Chavo Guerrero Jr., Ryan Nemeth, and MJF all blatantly on screen, and a beautiful nod that I learned from the Lionheart Chris Jericho, which is that the two wrestlers practicing with Zac Efron's Kevin at the very, very end of the movie, right before the credits roll, are actually Marshall and Ross Von Erich, the actual sons of Kevin Von Erich. Just a beautiful Full note. I give the Iron Claw an A. The holiday season has come to an end, but that doesn't mean that we're closed at Killer Noob Escapes. At Killer Noob Escapes at 740 B-Century Street, we offer the city's only two-hour escape experience, starting with Part 1, The Fun House, followed by Part 2, The Upstairs. We also feature a two-person room called Buried Alive. Hold your gathering in our private dining room for free if you book Part 1 and 2, while being surrounded by the screams of Puddles' victims. Book today at KillernoobEscapes.com. I've just been handed an urgent news story. Cannonball! Let's get into movie news you can use, and let's start it up on an update of an upcoming sequel. Universal Pictures and Blumhouse Productions have officially announced that Black Phone 2 will have a theatrical release date of June 27th, 2025, and that Black Phone director Scott Derrickson will return to direct the Black Phone 2. Producer Ryan Turek, while speaking with ComicBook.com, said, quote, Yeah, Scott's coming back. I think it's too early to talk about anything else regarding that, but yeah, he's returning. I can tell you this much, I wouldn't make a Black Phone sequel without Ethan. I don't think there'd be any point in doing that. Over in the rumor mill, following a successful release of season two of Reacher, rumors began swirling on the internet that star Alan Richson would make a perfect Batman in the upcoming DCU. I'm Batman. Yeah! While doing press for the second season, Richon was outright asked, where he said that he'd love to play Batman, but did say that there was nothing confirmed. Richon said, quote, I would love to play Batman. You know, Batman without a cape is a great analogy, actually. Batman without a cape. But I mean, he's got like a cave, and Reacher doesn't even have a house. He's got a toothbrush. So I think Batman has got cool stuff. Dude is loaded and has caves, penthouses, and spotlights that call him Batman's cooler. What are your superpowers again? I'm rich. Richson is no stranger to the world of superhero films, as he had previously played a young Arthur Curry, a.k.a. Aquaman, in the CW's Smallville, and also played Hawk in the DC live-action series Titans. As of now, Batman has not been cast in the new DCU. In other rumors, scooper Daniel Rickman is saying that Robert Rodriguez is producing a remake of the 1998 film The Faculty. Rodriguez directed the original film from a screenplay from screenwriter Kevin Williamson. The film had the following synopsis. To the students at Harrington High, the principal and her posse of teachers have always been a little odd, but lately they've been behaving positively alien. Controlled by otherworldly parasites, the faculty try to infect students one by one. Cheerleader Delilah, football player Stan, drug dealer Zeke, and new girl Mary Beth team up with some of their other classmates to fight back against the invaders. The film starred Elijah Wood, Laura Harris, Josh Hartnett, Clea Duvall, Jordana Brewster, and others, and currently has 57% for both critics and audience audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. Over in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, a rumor is flowing that the Midnight Suns are expected to form on the big screen. According to Cosmic Circus, a report says, quote, One corner of the MCU that Marvel is keen on exploring for these next few phases is the supernatural corner of their universe. Projects like Moon Knight, Werewolf by Night, and WandaVision have already introduced some critical components for this corner of the MCU. Projects that will continue to explore this corner of the MCU include Blade, Ironheart, Marvel's Zombies Moon Knight Season 2, the continuation of Werewolf by Night, and other unannounced projects. This arc aims to unite the heroes of this supernatural corner against a significant threat to humanity, giving rise to the Midnight Suns. Some sources have mentioned that Lilith or Mephisto villains have been considered the big bad of this arc. One source has mentioned that the potential lineup for the Midnight Suns features the current Sorcerer Supreme Wong as one of the leaders of the team, alongside Mahershala Ali's Blade. In the comic book story Rise of the Midnight Suns, the Midnight Suns were comprised of Ghost Rider Johnny Blaze, Doctor Strange, Morbius, The Night Stalkers, comprised of Blade, Hannibal King, and Frank Drake, and Darkhold characters Vicky Montessi, Louise Hastings, and Sam Buchanan. Other iterations featured Damien Hellstrom, Jennifer Kale, Werewolf by Night, Man-Thing, The Hood, Doctor Voodoo, Elsa Bloodstone, Moon Knight, Iron Fist, Scarlet Spider, Kushala, Magic, Wolverine, and Nico Minoru. As of now, No Midnight Sun's project has officially been announced. If you recall back in 2019, Hasbro acquired the entertainment company Entertainment One as a part of a $4 billion all-cash transaction aiming to become a major media contender by combining the company's film and TV unit alongside their own. However, that plan was disrupted and now according to The Hollywood Reporter Hasbro is more interested in becoming a digital gaming powerhouse. That has opened the doors for Lionsgate who acquired certain assets of Entertainment One from Hasbro in a $500 million deal. According to a press release, the acquisition adds 6,500 film and television titles to Gates library, one of the largest and most valuable in the world, diversifies and strengthens its scripted and unscripted television business, extends its portfolio of brands and franchises, and expands its presence in Canada and the UK. E1 produces the hit ABC franchise The Rookie, the critically acclaimed Showtime series Yellow Jackets, and the long-running Discovery unscripted series Naked and Afraid. The transaction also includes film development rights to Hasbro's beloved Monopoly brand. Variety also noted that Hasbro properties like Peppa Pig, Transformers, Dungeons and Dragons, Magic the Gathering, My Little Pony, Power Rangers, Play-Doh and Clue are excluded from the deal as Hasbro, quote, maintains the capability to develop and produce animation, digital shorts, scripted TV and theatrical films for audiences related to core Hasbro IP aside from Monopoly. Shifting to the small screen, actor Jeremy Renner is officially set to return to acting following his injury that he sustained that nearly caused him his life. Renner has confirmed through his social media that he's returning to work and is ready to shoot Mayor of Kingstown Season 3. During an interview with CNN back in October, Renner said, quote, I just feel very blessed and very lucky to be upright and walk around and to live life. I'm very, very clear. My life is really lean, if that makes sense. There's no fat in my life anymore. I don't have time for that. So there's something really beautiful about having that superpower. It's become a tradition since he was in office where Barack Obama releases his list of favorite films." throughout the year with previous films being featured of The Fableman's decision to leave The Woman King After Son Emily the Criminal amongst others and he just posted his new list on social media this past week on his official social media Obama's favorite movies were listed as Rustin Leave the World Behind American Symphony The Holdovers Blackberry Oppenheimer American Fiction Anatomy of a Fall Monster Past Lives Air Polite Society and 1001 and finally we end today with a couple pieces of bad news and one piece of great news. First, it was announced that South Korean actor Lee Sun-kyun, who's best known for starring in Best Picture winner Parasite, has passed away at the age of 48. While it hasn't been confirmed yet, South Korea's emergency office has is suspecting that he passed away from suicide. Deadline is noted that Lee had been under investigation after drug use allegations amid an ongoing crackdown on illegal drugs by the South Korean government. It was also announced that actor Tom Wilkinson best known for his roles in Batman Begins and The Full Monty, has passed away at the age of 75. Wilkinson was also featured in roles in The Lone Ranger, The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, Guy Ritchie's Rock and Rolla, Cassandra's Dream 44-inch Chest, Rush Hour, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and Michael Clayton. And finally, after a rumor that Ozzy Osbourne had passed away, The Prince of Darkness has confirmed that not only is he alive, that he's not going anywhere. You have a thing on YouTube goes when people... Did you feel I'm not dead? Hello. I'm not really dead. New year, new you. So get rid of that mop and get cleaned up right. Nick and the team at Swish Barbershop at 844 St. Mary's Road are ready to line you up and make you look your best. Walk-ins are welcome or you can visit my barber by booking today at boybarbernick.com. That's it for this episode of Talking Movies. Follow me on social media at TalkingMoviesPC and download full-length episodes on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And as always, ever since I was a child, people said my family was cursed. Mom tried to protect us with God. Dad tried to protect us with wrestling. He said if we were the toughest, the strongest, nothing could ever hurt us. I believed him. We all did.